What effect did a weight loss drug have in adolescents with obesity? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Senior VP Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you today from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. In a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, researchers found that in adolescents with obesity, once weekly treatment with subcutaneous semaglutide at a dose of 2.4 milligrams, in addition to lifestyle intervention, resulted in substantial reduction of BMI as compared to lifestyle intervention alone. The trial enrolled 201 adolescents who are between 12 or less than 18 years of age with obesity or overweight and at least one weight-related coexisting condition. Of the 201 participants that underwent randomization, 180 completed the treatment. All but one of the participants had obesity, therefore statements regarding adolescents with overweight are not possible. Most participants were girls, and they were white. The mean age was 15.4 years, the mean body weight was 107.5 kilograms, or 237 pounds, and the mean BMI was 37. A minority of participants had hypertension or type 2 diabetes at baseline. The mean change in BMI from baseline to week 66 was statistically significant with a minus 16.1% change with semaglutide and a 0.6% increase with placebo. At week 68, a total of 73% of participants in the semaglutide group had weight loss of 5% or more, as compared to 18% in the placebo group. Reductions in body weight and improvement with respect to cardiometabolic risk factors including waist circumference, levels of A1C, lipids, and ALT were greater with semaglutide than with placebo. Semaglutide was also associated with improvements in the impact of weight on quality of life kids total score and the physical comfort domain score at week 68. The incidence of gastrointestinal adverse events was greater with semaglutide than with placebo, 62% versus 42% respectively. Five participants in the semaglutide group and no participants in the placebo group had cholelithiasis. Severe adverse events were reported in 11% in the semaglutide group and in 9% in the placebo group. In our next story, we'll learn that new data presented at the ID Week conference suggests diagnostic stewardship can significantly decrease unnecessary antibiotic treatment for asymptomatic bacteria as UTIs are one of the most common bacterial infections and a significant driver of global antimicrobial resistance. A four-year study involving patients from 46 hospitals in Michigan found that when pay-for-performance metrics were implemented, the percentages of those treated with antibiotics or urinary tract infections who had asymptomatic bacteria declined from 29% to 16.9%. Diagnostic stewardship appeared to be almost entirely responsible for this improvement. According to one of the researchers, Dr. Valerie Vaughn, quote, most efforts to combat antimicrobial resistance have focused on prescribing. But our research indicates that more progress can be made by looking further upstream before a prescription is even written. And finally, the CDC has released a new clinical practice guidelines for prescribing opioids for pain, updating the last set of guidelines released in 2016. The recommendations do not apply to pain related to sickle cell disease or cancer or patients receiving palliative or end-of-life care. Additionally, the CDC recommends that persons with pain receive appropriate pain treatment with careful consideration of the benefits and risks of all treatment options in the context of the patient's circumstances. Recommendations should not be applied as inflexible standards of care across patient populations. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PB Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pbroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. 
thoughts, comments, or suggestions, please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to Sean Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we'll cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.